Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive or if you think like one and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of Xquadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve even more extraordinary results. Because no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So, if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. In this episode, I speak with Joshua Lacks, who is the Chief Executive of MoneyThink. MoneyThink is a non-profit organisation on a real mission to change student debt and student financing and helping students thrive in that context. So Joshua is a man on a, with a mission. He's also somebody who's decided and set a real intention to practice leadership as a craft. Now that sounds very um, lofty and ideal, but in this episode we go into what does it actually mean? What would you actually do? What does he actually do? to practice leadership as a craft. And we get in into some quite deep topics. Vulnerability, it's a key part, being a bit exposed. Well, how do you do that when you're at the top of the tree, when you're chief executive? How do you actually demonstrate those kind of things and put them to play in the business? So this is a great conversation. We go deep and we talk to somebody who's on a real sense of mission to impact the world for good. So enjoy this conversation with Joshua Lax. Joshua, hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. How are you? It's so great to be here. Hey, it's, it's, this is going to be a fun conversation. I'm, uh, I'm really interested in, in what makes you tick and, and all about MoneyThink, which uh, looks like it's, it's really an organization that's trying to make a real difference in the world. So let's just jump straight in, shall we? Just yeah. tell us a little bit, first of all, like, what's MoneyThink? Right? You're the chief executive, but what is it? So we're a nonprofit based in the U.S. and uh, we're a tech uh, ed tech nonprofit, and we basically help uh, aspiring college students with their financial decision making as they go into college and are thinking about college. So we have uh, some really innovative tech tools um, that we've uh, innovated throughout the last uh, 14, 15 years, and we're super excited about scaling our reach. And so um, we use those tools to help students who really come from traditionally marginalized um, and historically marginalized communities um, who may not have the access and resources to these kinds of um, tools and, and access. Um, so yeah, we're, we're super excited to do our work and I'm super lucky to have a, an amazing team who uh, pushes us and um, makes it happen. Right, so you're helping people perhaps from less privileged backgrounds or potentially other people as well, yeah. really understand how they invest in their future, invest in their education, these kind of things. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So really we're, we're um, you know, taking the idea of financial literacy and, uh, you know, leveling up to what does it mean to be financially um, healthy, right? What does right. it mean to be financially well? And so we're giving the decision-making in the student's hands uh, so they can feel empowered and, and feel like an informed um, consumer around their education choices. And so <clears throat> we're doing this by basically um, giving them the, the, again, the access and the resources um, to, to really have that decision-making uh, 
in the immediate sense, but also to be able to build long-term financial wellness um, habits and behaviors, which is certainly key, right? That that goes right. beyond college. Yeah. Okay. So fantastic, right? So you, you really trying to make a difference in the near term and the long term future of yeah. of a whole lot of students. Absolutely. Um, so tell me. So what were you up to before uh, yeah. this chief executive role? You know, how how did you get into this game? Yeah, so uh, I joined MoneyThink in 2018. I was really lucky to succeed a uh, founder and, and uh, CEO. Um, my life has really been uh, dedicated to uh, social impact work. Um, I have uh, I was lucky enough to serve as a CEO at another education nonprofit some years ago, but really my life has intersected around um, education access, workforce development, um, and economic sustainability. Uh, so I've been doing this game uh, for, for a long time, uh, pushing the years here. Um, but it really, um, you know, it's a, it's a purpose of mine. Uh, it's a huge purpose of mine next to my family. And, um, and I, I love the work that we're doing. And, and really, Money Think is meld for me of what I had done in my background um, with other organizations uh, helping to lead those, but also what's possible and mm. growing into that possibility. And I'm at a point in my career where... Um, you know, I've been really fortunate. I've worked hard to, to put myself and others in, in uh, hopefully great situations. Um, and at the same time, I'm really interested in this idea of practicing leadership as a craft. And I, I think mm. that money think is a perfect uh, Petri dish to do that. Um, well, let, let, let me, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, let me jump in. So, yeah. So tell me, like, what was it that attracted you at this point in your career to money think specifically, right? There's a whole lot of nonprofits yeah. out there. Yeah. The businesses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What were the conflagration of things that came together to make you say yeah. this is the thing for me yeah great question um so for me it came down to three things uh it came down to the fact that um the the the, the organization the folks whom, with whom i met uh the board staff uh some of our funders um who i reached out to uh prior to my coming on you know, they all just had this um, innate sense of curiosity. And as a learning organization, they wanted to do and be better. And that was really invigorating. And and along with that was this um, huge sense of uh, awe, right? What could we do? What, you know, how might we? Um, mm. So that was one. It was just the people, um, super, super important, obviously, in, in any mm. company or organization. Uh, the next was, and this is all parallel, the next was um, how the organization had started to use technology and specifically human-centered design technology. And as we're now thinking about our future equity-centered design technology. So the tools that we had built as an organization, as I was really kind of unpacking it, was um, just really incredible and, and frankly, kind of game-changing. And then the third, um, you know, all of that was the promise and potential of the organization. You know, what could we do to mm. really take what's been built in an incredible way um, by the founders and by the team and really take it to the next level and, and not just scale, but like have a bold vision and, and create some um, systems change. Uh, right. And that's going to be generations long work. Um, but I also felt like, Hey, if we can't get started now, then, you know, what the heck are we doing here? So mm-hmm. it was really those three elements, which were yeah. you know, people, the the tool and um, the potential and promise to, to really take it um, with the team to, to the next level. Yeah, that's really clear. And I think there's three, three great angles to look at all these things with, yeah. um, you know, say yeah. the people, the possibility, and, and then the, the, perhaps the unique factor uh, and yeah. or the technology, you know, the tool, the, the framework. I'm curious, 
was it something you just kind of came across um, and you went, oh, that sounds like a good thing to get involved with, right? Or were you already on a mission of some description that yeah. this then f- fit into? So like, yeah, yeah. did the company create the sense of mission in you or did you already have a sense of mission and the company kind of aligned with that? I mean, both are yeah. completely valid. I'm just curious for you totally. which one that was. Yeah, totally. Great question. Uh, more the latter. Um, so I have been in the you know social impact world, whatever we want, nonprofit world, um, basically my whole career. Um, and I had, uh, I have what I like to think, you know, a spider web career, right? I've, I've really had this, um, uh, kind of direct line of sight for, for a long time around what I want to help contribute to, um, if, if, you know, that was possible. And really it's around this idea and this purpose around, um, economic, uh, and financial wellness, um, and inclusive economy access to, tools and resources that, um, uh, again, you know, a lot of people aren't privy to. And so mm-hmm. I had been in the um, kind of regional and national level education organizations doing some really incredible work. I really um, kind of dove into the workforce development world, which is clearly uh, related um, and, and working with um, similar but, but different uh, demographics and populations. I had heard of Money Think um, probably about 10 years ago. Um, I was in another organization uh, serving as a CEO and Money Think had just come across my radar and I was like, oh, they're, they're doing some really cool stuff. And, the, and it was really young in Money Think's life at that point. Um, but I'd heard about them and just kind of took note. And uh, I was at an organization um, uh, called Net Impact uh, in 2018. I was serving as their chief uh, biz dev officer and wonderful organization. Uh, they're an international organization and they basically help um, college students go into uh, social impact careers and really um, open their eyes up around that. So yeah. all that's to say is that um, the search firm uh, basically had reached out to me. Uh, our our uh, co-founder and CEO was going to be transitioning out at that time. Money thinks, I mean, and, uh, and, you know, I was like, Oh, I, I remember, you know, these folks. And, um, and so I was open to having a conversation and again, you know, I, I wasn't looking necessarily to leave where I was. I was in a really great situation. And I felt like the, the work that I had done all these mm. years, when I took stock of it, again, kind of the situation, the three things that I had outlined before, the, the conversations that I had had in that interview process just really started to make clear sense to me. Mm. That said, you know, MoneyThink is also the, the kind of smallest organization that I had been a part of and I have been a part of. And, you know, I had to really think about like, what is, what's my risk tolerance as a, as an individual, as a leader, Mm. Um, because we were kind of still in startup mode, even though, you know, in 2018, we're about 10 years old as an organization, we were going through some um, shifts in terms of our strategy uh, at that time when I was uh, thinking about coming on. So I had to take stock of my own, Hey, you know, am Mm. I ready for this? And am I, do I have the risk tolerance? if this doesn't work out for whatever reason. Right. Yes. Yeah, so talk, talk about that because I, I, I often have clients, you know, I, I generally work with people who are in their executive role, but I right. also work with people who are perhaps leaving that into a new thing or in that transition phase as well yeah. and trying to look yeah. at how they up level and how to live this exponential life, yeah. how they, yeah. you know, what, what's my 10x future. And so I do have these conversations yeah. and yeah. The question of risk tolerance really comes up, right? Often it's like, do I go for the safe, boring option or the exciting, yeah. risky option, right? Those are yeah. often the two. Yeah, yeah. And it boil it all down. <laughs> that's what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. And 
what's your you know what was your decision process that or when you know looking back do you see that decision differently as you were when you were in the middle of it yeah super interesting um the caveat is that uh anybody working in the um uh you know social impact world uh there's rarely a feeling of safety um meaning like you know we all have to have a i think a pretty high risk tolerance because you know funding can dry up. Um, it's a, while I think that there's a very fine line, uh, and oftentimes the line are, are blurry around, you know, a for-profit versus a nonprofit. And oftentimes it comes down to tax status. Um, that said that there is some different, uh, elements. And so, yeah. um, just wanted to name that. Um, you know, I, I certainly would not have made a different decision. Um, I, I think, you know, my, my choices at that time were, Hey, do I want to, um, you know, stay where I was, which was, again, a really great situation. Our CEO at, uh, at that time at Net Impact was, you know, is an incredible leader. Um, I loved working with her, uh, had a really close relationship, and I loved the work that we were doing. Um, and uh, and so I, I certainly could have stayed there and, you know, continued mm. to do more. I think, again, I was at a point where uh, I was taking stock of my own career. I wanted to have another opportunity to be a CEO again. The first time I did it mm. was great. And also like, you know, I was deer in headlights and I learned a lot. And so I wanted to take some of those learnings, the yeah. learnings that I had had along the way with other wonderful mentors and leaders and have another shot at it, frankly. And and I didn't see it as a vanity thing. It was more like, hey, I, I want to help, if I can, another organization mm. Mm. who is really aligned with my purpose um, and my mission as an individual. Um, and, and also that may look, a, the organization that may look a lot different than what I've been used to. And so that's, I think, where the questions were for me is like, am I ready for a, a different kind of situation that's mm. much smaller than I've been used to that has, frankly, a higher risk tolerance? And um, knowing that, you know what, it may not work out. Um, we're going to give it everything it takes. Um and I actually felt like pretty comfortable in that, uh, that decision, mm. um, because again, I, I felt like, um, I, I wanted to be a part of something that was super bold and, yeah. um, and that was really exciting to me. And I think, you know, a lot of times in life, those big decisions come down to your gut. What is your gut saying? Mm. And, um, you know, and let's uh, let's see where the cards uh, <laughs> fall, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting, actually. As I, the more I think about it, I actually always measure risk now. Or actually, the, yeah. for me, the least riskiest task, the least yeah. riskiest path, is actually the yeah. one where you're going to grow. You're going to grow the most in terms of mindset, yeah. skill set, yeah. and relationships. Actually, yeah. that's and, interesting. <laughs> uh, because you take yourself wherever you go, and so I'm like, yeah. well, bet on yourself. Yes, and you know who knows because there's no safe option like you can go for the right. biggest corporation in the world and suddenly they a consultant can put a line through your business totally. unit you're gone or the market can change or yeah you get run over by a bus all these things can happen and so yeah generally i my my sense on this now is believe in yourself and then yeah. say where do i where do i um build those extra skills ways of looking at the world relationships insights and yeah, I mean, I think the way that you're describing that is, you know, something that I um, I tend to maybe believe about, like, hey, I'm I'm gonna bet on myself. It may not work out, whatever it is, but you know, when one door closes, something else opens up. <clears throat> I also, you know, I'm reflecting back at that time, and 
I was also really, um, I think, starting to be comfortable around having what you're, I think, describing is around a growth mindset, right? Like, mm, um, yeah. you know what, it, it's a, it may be a scary proposition. This may be a, a you know, a scary mm. uh, opportunity in terms of having that, that high risk tolerance. Um, but at the same time, um, hey, you know, what if we went into it? meaning this, this new mm. role in this organization um, with really kind of the optimism and how do we maximize what we want to do? And let's put our, mm. again, kind of yep, you know, not to use sure. those terms, but let's put our best foot forward and like, let's roll it. Um, mm. And we have, you know, we've hit some scary times um, in the last few years since I've been there, just in terms of, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, financial health. Um, when I stepped into the organization, obviously everybody, you know, was uh, mm. addressing COVID, um, so it's not been all, uh, you know, peaches and cream. Oh, yeah. um, and so that's where I think true organizational health and leadership really comes out, right? It's like, okay, how are you going to navigate through those really, really difficult times um, as a person? Yeah. And when I think back to my risk tolerance about making the decision to go to money, think, uh, I think about, and, and, and maybe that feeling of like, oh, you know, do I want to do this? Is that, is that a really risky proposition? I think about those hard times that we've been in. Um, and, uh, again, I don't think just personally, I would have had the opportunity to work with and, and really think through, um, these kinds of situations with, with other folks in a way that we have it at money thinking. And, and also just, um, again, you know, how is that opportunity to practice leadership as a craft with others and really that's, empower others. So that's, that's the, that's the transition I was looking for. I was about to make the transition. I was going to go back to this yeah. phrase you used before yeah, leadership yeah. is a craft that you yeah. just brought it up. Yeah. What does that mean to you, right? So um, in your role, there's, you know, there's obviously a way for you where you practice leadership as a craft. And then there's simply another way, which is you could not be practicing leadership as a craft. Yeah. And so how do you see the difference? Yeah, um, it's evolving. My, my idea of it is evolving, to be quite honest. Um, and and I, when I say that, uh, I, I guess, you know, for me, and, and I'm just talking about myself, it's not about reading, you know, a ton of uh, leadership books, and, and although those are great. Um, I think it's really having had the, um, the opportunity and, and the privilege, uh, frankly, of in the past working with two really wonderful executive coaches that have really shaped and influenced me as a person and, and as I aspire to be a better leader. Um, and so this idea of leadership as a craft, it's, you know, how do, how do I think about and how do I practice leading, you know, the vision um, it, on a few different levels, right? Like how do I lead the, the vision and purpose for myself as an individual? Um, what's my path forward? Um, what's my North star uh, that I really truly uh, you know, am, am committed to. Um, and then it kind of uh, filters out from there in really critical ways. How do you lead the thinking uh, for the organization? How do you lead others by, uh, frankly, you know, hiring and then unlocking uh, the brains and the people uh, to get us there, right? And, and for me, like getting the hell out of the way, uh, frankly, mm. a lot of times. Um, and that takes, I think, a level of vulnerability and feeling comfortable of not um, needing to have all the answers all the time. And that's been a huge growth area for me because I started out, I was really lucky to be in a senior role um, when I was, you know, fairly young, uh, way back in my career. And at that time I had to, I felt like I had to have all the answers because I was literally mm -hmm. the youngest one in the room. 
Um, and so there was a feeling for myself of, you know, I, I've got to have this, I've got to, you know, be perfect and be right. Um, and I've learned through the years that actually that's quite the opposite. Um, part for me of, and a huge part for me of being um, what I think about leadership as a craft is um, being really comfortable with, um, go, going back to the risk tolerance, being comfortable with risk, being comfortable in that gray area. Um, getting to basically my Zen place about being vulnerable and, and in that knowing that you're going to be exposed um, to having your ideas and your assumptions challenged. And actually it's a really good thing because that for me in my experience has led to, um, you know, a level of engagement with my colleagues that we have some really open and healthy conversations about big strategic choices. And so I think that when I think about leadership as a craft, it's those elements of not just leading myself, not just leading the organization, not just, leading, but, but really entrusting people um, to uh, really be engaged in that visioning process and, and really make that happen. So when you're talking about vulnerability, mm-hmm. what's like the scenario, which is the most edgy for you? Yeah. Like what, uh, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of situation yeah, make you go. Oh, this is where I've got to really do this yeah. stuff that I yeah. talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's, gr- it's great. Uh, actually, we're kind of in it right now. There, there are several and many scenarios actually, um, but one that comes to top of mind is um, the equity work that we're focused on in our organization. So, you know, we have a very explicit mission um, uh, at Money Think, and um, that is very equity focused. Um, uh-huh. And it's also uh, DEI is part of our core value as an organization. So, um, you know, it's, it's really wonderful to have that leverage. That said, we hadn't um, really invested in equity work and really thinking about what it means to be an equity focused organization with our team, right, internally with our workforce. And so uh, for the last couple of years, we've been on a really, really explicit journey um, that, that uh, I uh, was really uh, staunch about. Um, and this came uh, in the summer of 2020 after um, George uh, Floyd and Brianna Taylor. And so I was really committed to saying, hey, we shouldn't just put out a statement. It's not just in our mission uh, as being a, a, an equity focused organization, but like how are we actually how do we level up? What does it mean to aim higher for us and for our team that we demonstrate this value? And so long story short, I I put out uh, basically an invitation and a challenge to our organization to step up. And that included me to start with, right? Like it is, it was very much a, um, uh, you know, Josh driven um, idea. And uh, knowing that I had to frankly get buy-in which wasn't really difficult but i had to get buy-in from my team to say hey i want to enact these kinds of activities with our team i want to help um create a a, an environment that we're not just um you know saying but doing and for me that has uh meant uh basically being really exposed and, and feeling vulnerable and the example is that um i feel like i have been a fairly open-minded progressive person i've been in this you know line of work for my Mm. entire career essentially i'm i'm super dedicated to the cause per se Mm. um uh and at the same time you know i have to constantly check that you know frankly i'm a you know uh white male um privileged Mm. and my ideas of um 
certain things or what I think my ideas are, are being challenged. And, mm. and I mean, in a really healthy way, because we're engaged as a team because of the environment that we're creating and evolving around, you know, having some really personal conversations and, you know, safe conversations, um, but, but about topics that are really personal and perhaps triggering. And so um, I have to be comfortable if I want to state my opinion or, uh, and really listen to other people, which is most importantly. Um, the, the thing at stake, but th- there's a sense of being vulnerable and being exposed. And my my ideas of um, what about this or what about that are constantly being challenged. And I really, it's a really uncomfortable place to be, but also it's extremely powerful and it unlocks it unlocks something. I think not just for me, but for our team. It's Richard here with just a quick interlude. If you're serious about multiplying your impact, I have a free resource that you won't want to miss. I've put together a short email course called Exponential Leadership Principles. In it, I set out how you can use the same strategies as some of the world's top leaders to get out of incremental progress and achieve breakthrough results. Be prepared to have your current thinking challenged and to learn some very new ways of leading. If you're interested in following along, Simply sign up at xquadrant.com slash go slash exponential. Now back to the conversation. I think what I hear you saying is the equity work's important. You're a pri- you, you in many ways you have a privileged situation, right, within that. And therefore the vulnerability piece is about um is it about like daring to explain it could be two things, either daring to express things which you actually think, but which might not be completely politically correct or like could be challengeable, uh, or it could be the vulnerability of going with different perspectives mm. that you ha- that are not yeah. your perspective. I yeah, suppose. I think, and yeah, I think probably the latter. I really thank you for asking for the clarification. I think probably the latter. Um, uh, you know, I, I think it's really about, um, you know, feeling exposed about hearing different perspectives, which I am super open to. And then mm. that challenges, I challenge myself, like, well, what do I really think about this? And actually, like, does that matter? Um, right. Yeah, because if you offer different perspectives, and then you basically go, yeah, yeah, but I'm the CEO, we're doing it this way. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, and I think that also comes down to, um, you know, clarity around expectations. Um, And so I feel very vulnerable in those kinds of situations. And that's an ongoing personal and and professional journey. Um, But but I also feel super confident and um, comfortable in feeling exposed in that way. And that was a really I mean, for me, the the whole idea about feeling vulnerable um, and and actually truly feeling, you know, feeling exposed um, has been a pretty lengthy journey for me and actually the best piece of advice um, I think I ever got well two pieces but they're really related Um, way back when I had a a mentor who told me hey you know you're too risk adverse Um, you need to be more comfortable living in the gray because life happens and not everything is all buttoned up and so I had to check my you know Virgo nature Uh, so that was earlier in my career and that really stuck though I don't think I put it into practice till later and then the second piece of related advice, um, which was just super helpful, and I think that actually really landed, was um, exactly this. Be comfortable 
uh, about being vulnerable and exposed. And that means that you don't need to have all the answers all the time. Um, and that means that, you know, not everybody can read your mind. So you have to be more clear quicker uh, yeah. about what you're thinking and invite people in. Um, and that, and I'm still clearly working on that. Um, but I also feel like um, it's a huge, when I think about leadership as a craft, um, yeah. I, I think that these elements really come down to it because what starts to happen, and I see it in really demonstrable ways, is that um, it, it starts to become part of the culture when your CEO is saying, you know what, I don't, I, I don't know this, but like, Hey, let's go figure this out. Hmm. Um, I think that that really empowers um, a team um, to again, like feel self-empowered as hmm. they're in their own leadership, right. In their own engagement. And like, Hey, I don't care about owning the idea. If there's a great idea, let's go forward. And I think um, that's really important to me. So what would you say to somebody who, you know, is in a senior leadership role and they're like wow you know i get it in theory but you know i'm people depend on me my team yeah. you know for like for my sure. you know i i rose up here because i'm a good problem solver i understand the yeah. business more than everybody else i have the yeah. bigger view the broader view yeah. people don't have the that's such a big view i owe it to them to really um provide the answers i mean yeah because intellectually we can kind of go yeah yeah it's sure. great to do this and then viscerally yeah. people you know have that feeling i'm just wondering what advice you would give to that person yeah um no, i appreciate that and i also um i also feel like um you know this is not without decision making right so it, i i certainly i don't pretend to have all the answers but i'm certainly comfortable and confident and do provide you know the answers where possible i actually think it does come down to um, clarity around decision-making process and, um, and being upfront with expectations. So that's, that's where I think, um, yeah. the, the kind of, you know, element, the critical element comes into play with feeling like, Hey, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm the leader of this organization. I, I am being counted on. I'm always being watched. Um, I am every move that I make is, you know, is being <laughs> witnessed. Um, so I'm very self aware about that. Um, and for me, one of the big things that I have learned along the way is like, be more clear about what I expect of myself and what I expect about my colleagues and, and be more clear sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and really be clear about the decision-making. So if, if there is a big decision to be had or a small one, um, you know, for me, what's worked is just uh, the transparency around, hey, here's how we're going to approach this. Here's who, you know, is going to be involved and here who has the final decision. Right. And, you know, in in short order, I think uh, obviously there's more to that, but but that has, I think, really helped um, clarify basically, you know, lanes that, that each of us is, mm. is driving in. And and also um, so much of it is about, about choices and decision making is really about communication and process. And I have been a part of really messy and choppy um, <laughs> decisions because the communication and process wasn't either named or clarified up front or, or checked along the way. And, I, you know, things change, right? And like, you know, maybe we make a we're making a decision on this, but we have a really critical piece of new information that's going to influence us. So we have to be open to like, you know, assessing that and saying, hey, right. does this change our mind? Um, and if so, what do we do about that? So I, the, the, the clarity and communication around decision-making is really, I think, a, a paramount regardless of what the big thing is. 
Um, and mm. that, that, that really kind of ties into this feeling of um, vulnerability. Yeah. I, I don't, I could see vulnerability as a strength, right? Like, of course. Hey, we're, we're going to, we're going to be open to um, what we don't know. And, and I find that actually really empowering. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I, I think that that focus on communications and process um, as the way to actually make decision making simpler and clearer, I think is, yeah. is great. I mean, I want to. I always say to some of my CEO clients, like, if if you have to overturn a decision, yeah, you have a broken process, right? Because yes. it shouldn't get to your level, right? Only for you to overthrow all the work and analysis <laughs> yeah, <veto> and, <laughs> and everything else, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you can sit there and basically you know, wholeheartedly agree with anything everybody says to you, you then, you know, you've got an organization that's aligned. Yeah. So it's an interesting mindset to kind of play with. And don't you also find that um, there are very few decisions, uh, you know, some of the clients that you're working with that, um, you know, can't be undone. Right. Hmm. Right. Well, yeah, it's it's that idea. It's a Jeff Bezos idea of the one way door or the two way doors, right? Most doors you can walk through it. If you don't like it, you can walk back. There's very few where, the door slams closed as soon as you right. go through. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I try to like explain that too with, without getting too intellectual about it, but like, Hey, let's, we're also, you know, mm. a tech driven organization. Right. So mm. uh, I think the idea of like, you know, failing fast and learning um, mm. is, is pretty uh, key to us. And so, and I've had to build my muscle around that as well. Cause I used to, you know, going back to what I had mentioned before, I used to be like, Hey, we got to have all the things buttoned up. We have to know everything going mm. in. And I've really gotten to a point to be quite honest, which is like, let's not get, you know, let's not let perfect get in the way of great enough and yeah. let's just move forward and we can recalibrate if needed um, with, you know, with some scenarios that we can map out. I love that. I think that's like the, the American upgrade to the European, like good enough, right? Like we'd yeah. say, yeah, don't get perfect, but good enough is fine. Yeah. But you know, the US, you got to dial it up, bring up the great. Yeah. <laughs> that's kidding it's great so i um let, 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 let's 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 switch in uh, i'm just teasing you here um yeah yeah let, no let's, good <laughs> let's move into the quick fire questions i was like yeah, to yeah. get into what uh kind of um what's the you know, what resources and and uh and input is is underneath love the, it yeah you know, leaders um leadership so first yeah. one is yeah what's a favorite quote that perhaps structures you or inspires you or or do you keep telling your teams yeah so um, uh, the, the questions that actually really inspired me um, were uh, from one of our former colleagues. And it's really, you know, the questions of how might we and what if we. Um, so I just like that actually has really influenced me and in how I um, uh, approach my work uh, in terms of uh, a, a quote. I think this was a Steve Jobs quote, but it's something around the, the idea of, um, you know, uh, empower your people to be able to leave, um, but, uh, you know, that they want to stay. Um, because you're doing some really excellent work. So I, I think it was a Steve Jobs quote, but that idea has really stuck with me a lot and that about empowering others. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, what about a, a favorite app? Is there some app on your phone that, you know, you kind of turn to that might be a yeah. little bit different from the, you know, your standard set? Yeah, uh, I, I know this is not a uh, quote unquote professional, but I, I am all, um, I'm all about all trails. Um, and it's a, uh, app that basically you can bring up anytime and it tells you the trails uh, around that uh, hiking trails biking trails so nice. we're you know like to like to do that walk into hiking so all trails is a really awesome app yeah that's great like, and, it, and it's important it? i've heard i think i've heard a similar one i haven't i don't know yeah it's pretty cool one. check it out okay i will yeah <laughs> that's cool and it's important because 
you get creative as well. Um, yeah, totally. In those circumstances. Yeah. I love to provoke people by saying you can be productive or creative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And time, I, you, you know, you, yeah. And how do you bring outside in thinking into your own work, right? So like all trails has nothing to do with our work, but, you know, as I'm looking at, the, I use it, you know, personal and hiking reasons, but like, you know, how do you then take that and think about, oh, aesthetically or like, you know, mm. feature or functionally, like how might we think about putting something like that into our app? So I'm, I'm all about outside in thinking where, where it can happen. Beautiful. So yeah. what about a book that's really inspired you or influenced you? Yeah, uh, definitely um, Mindset by Carol Dweck. And it was uh, referred to before, uh, you know, the whole growth mindset um, idea. Um, so that was pretty influential. Um, and I'm a huge basketball person. So uh, Phil Jackson, who uh, is a former NBA coach, uh, the Bulls and Lakers, he wrote a book called Sacred Hoops um, way back when. And um, and this is the whole idea around how he's approached leadership um, and decision making and individual roles within a team and how to empower everybody within that. And that became really influential for me and just in terms of how I think about things or try to think about things more holistically. Nice. Sacred Hoops. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Love the title. Uh, what about, um, what advice would you give your 20 year old self? Oh my gosh. Uh, so many pieces of, I guess, advice. <laughs> what I call that? Um, a couple of things come to mind. Um, uh, you know, get myself a, a personal board of directors um, who can really help guide me. Um, I think, you know, everybody needs an inner circle of, uh, you know, trusted folks who can give you the straight deal on how you're doing, what you're doing, what you should think about doing. Um, so that's one is just having a, a, I never have that. Um, and then again, I, I don't mean to, to kind of bring this up again, but really be comfortable with not having to have all the answers all the time. Mm. Um, and, and, uh, and so those are the, I think two pieces of uh, suggestions I would give to my 20 year old self. Yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, you know, no, to that's be not an one adult. That. Yeah, the, the, board, the board of directors is, is a great one. I think, yeah, we, we most of us, we don't have enough mentors or uh, yeah. people willing to give us hard input or, you know, hard and frank input into our lives. Yeah, totally. We need that. We from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious about who inspires you um, as, as a CEO, perhaps, you know, people that you've worked with. So many of our best guests on the show come from, from referrals. I'm always curious, like, who do you know who, you yeah. know, well, that is a really somebody who I really look up to or who inspires me or has inspired me on my journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, gosh, I've had, I've really been fortunate to have uh, a number of folks um, to stand out to me actually. Uh, and, and happen to be on the bookends of uh, the organization that I was with at the time. Um, they're uh, the person who brought me into uh, this organization a few years back. Uh, Debbie Alvarez Rodriguez. Uh, she is just a, an incredibly, um, inspiring and thoughtful and purposeful leader. Um, and she is fully uh, committed and dedicated to her life uh, work um, to contributing to, to veteran communities in the world. Um, and the way that she really includes and engages people and again, kind of leverages everybody around her. And she has this um, mindset, which I really have tried to embody, which is if, if we're not doing it, then who is, right? Right. It's this sense of ownership and the sense of uh, dedication um, and accountability. And so um, 
that's, that's when we see it as other people we, it does rub off on us doesn't absolutely it, when we see that. yeah yeah, yeah. And the, the whole idea of responsibility and accountability is really really important as a leader and i know we we didn't cover it enough but um but uh, on this on this episode but maybe another time um but that really debbie really influenced me and then actually um uh <laughs> debbie's successor this uh person maureen uh Sedonin, um who's also just this incredible uh leader in, in the field um very different style a uh, very different approach um, was uh, frankly antithetical, uh, it, not not Marine, but, but her approach was antithetical to, I think, the way that I was thinking about things. However, Maureen has had one of the biggest impacts on me um, in terms of uh, how she went about approaching decision-making, how she went about approaching, um, you know, the, the kind of um, health of an organization and i so it was very like two ends of the mm. spectrum but super critical and super important and maureen gave me a sense of um kind of understanding that i don't think i had had before so uh both people just truly inspirational to me and um and i i tell them a lot uh even now um how much they've meant to me so yeah they're, yeah. they're wonderful that's beautiful yeah thank you for calling those people out um yeah. let's talk about my favorite questions which is yeah. no matter how much you've achieved there's always the next level to get to absolutely yes so <laughs> keeps so for, me up the night yeah so, for, <laughs> so well, first of all for money think like what's the next level for that organization where does that need to go next what's going to be multiplying its impact yeah uh thanks for asking so um you know we have launched this uh product uh called decided uh we launched it about um a year and a half ago. So for us, it's really about uh, mastering the product that we have now and, and getting it out to as many uh, individuals as possible and really about scaling this, this tool. And so we feel like we've got a, a really innovative tool um, that we have worked on and iterated on over the number of years. So we're really excited about that. It's just scaling it up. You know, my, uh, my vision in the next five years is to get decided uh, serving a million uh, students and really helping mm. them avoid uh, the pitfalls of uh, student debt. Um, so that's a you know a nearest term goal that we're really <clears throat> shooting for. And so thinking about and doing the work that it's going to take to scale. So that that's really top mm. of mind for me and us. Yeah, that's a very super clear and inspiring yeah. goal, right? Yeah, yeah. helping a million yeah. students get out of debt. Yeah, or avoid debt. Yeah. What will you personally need to do yourself to multiply your impact? I mean, you're practicing leadership as a craft. You're thinking about this. What's, yeah, what's your own yeah. reinvention that you might need to work on? Oh, it's such a relevant and timely question because I'm I'm kind of soaking <clears throat> that in my head right now as I think about, you know, we're growing our team. We're really in a fortunate position to grow our team. We're doing this amazing uh, work with, with our tools. Um, and, uh, you know, we're in a position, uh, as an organization that we haven't been in, in actually, uh, forever. So, um, it's, it's really exciting and fun and also a little bit overwhelming where my attention is right now is thinking about, you know, where do my energies and attention actually need to shift right over the next two, three, five, ten 10 years, what differences do I need to make, um, where I have been spending my time, um, for the last, you know, almost four years, what have I been spending my time for the last two years? And then what do I need to shift in order to um, continue to, to, to motivate and inspire and also uh, be relevant and applicable, right? And, and really yeah. focus on the main thing. And I think, I, I imagine you, you know, have experienced this and, and could attest to the folks that you're working with, um, you know, the idea of what got you here won't get you there. 
and uh, I know it, it sounds really I think I'm, I think I tat I've tattooed it. No, I'm like a stick yeah. of rock. I don't know whether you get them, you know, yeah. all the way through. I think that that, that phrase, it's, it's yeah. fundamental. Yeah. I, I used to like, not poo-poo, but I'm like, ah, whatever. And I'm actually like, oh, that, that, that makes a lot of sense because, um, you know, my bandwidth has to change. My, my focus has to change about where I'm diverting and diversifying my energies. And so that's really top of mind for me. It's like how we think about scale. What do I need to do to shift my energy and my, my focus in order to continue on that path? And I don't have it all figured out yet. I, I, you know, no, no pretense, um, but it's very top of mind for me. And so I'm, I'm making sure that I'm carving out time for myself now to really think through what that means um, and Mm -hmm. how I actually start to put it into practice. Um, and so it looks a little bit differently, you know, in three months from now than it does 10 months from now. But for me, yeah. what's really important, um, just to close out this thought, is um, what what does our organization look like, for example, in the next three years? Like, you know, by the end of 2025, let's say, what does our organizational structure look like and, and what kinds of resources and capacity do we want to have in order to, to do the work that we're doing and to meet our goals? And so that for me as a backstop is really um, helpful to think about, okay, well, if we want to be here, you know, we're Mm. going to be doing this, then I have to actually shift my attention and energy to be doing Mm. that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You're speaking to, you know, one of my, the frameworks that I use is the impact multiplayer framework. And I've I've really got it down to four key areas that. Which are? (laughs) Which, well, when we apply them to ourselves, our team organization, they apply to any of these, but there's always a key limiting factor. Right yes. in how yeah. we operate, because most people they just try to hit the accelerator yeah. and they realize they have no more hours in the day. So you have yeah. to shift. You have to shift gear, right? Yeah. And there's four areas. There's commitment, yeah. right? So the vision, like, am I fully in? What, you know, do I really want this next level? Yeah. Do I feel there's there's other stuff going on that's going to? Do I, you know, is the cost too great for the benefits? Yeah. All those things going ahead. So first of all, it's really getting on fire. Um, that's if you like the constraint of the heart. Then there's totally. Um, then there's uh, attention, which is really what you're talking about. Like, where do I put my attention? Like, what what requires my focus? That's yep. really the constraint of the mind. You know, we can't yep. focus on everything. Where do I put my focus? Yep. Then there's a constraint of action, which is, mm-hmm. do I have the skills? You know, like what skills do I need to be building to operate at this new level? You know, where, what behaviors need to shift? What what yep. patterns do I need to get break out of? Yep. Um, and the last one is influence, because I always say we're never we can never we're never influential enough to hit our goals otherwise we'd have achieved them with a phone call basically yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah. with these no, four there's always like how do we upgrade each of these areas yeah to free us and, yeah and it, it i and i i know that uh you've you've outlined that and so it's really great to hear you actually just vocalize that because i i mean frankly i my attention is around those four areas and yet it's also really struggling right it, mm. it's a struggle to try to kind of optimize those um maybe not all at once. And so I think yeah, that's part yeah. of the, the puzzle, right? Of figuring of course. out like, okay, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. of those four areas. Of those four, like, yeah. Which are... one is the constraint right now, right. which is the right. one that's holding me back. And then it's an right. iterative process. You can't work on them all necessarily. You've got to figure yeah. them out. Yeah. That's, so uh, I'm, I'm going to be yeah. calling you up again. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll need some guidance around that. But, that, but I, love really... I love it. This, this is the game. I mean, this is what I call the exponential totally. game, right? Because yeah. Um, we can keep doing the same kind of a bit more of the same with a few tweaks. Yeah. And then if you yeah. want to do something dramatically different, I think it's asking those hard questions like, well, yeah. this is looking good. I'm already successful. Um, yeah. And yet there's probably something else. And, and I think, and I think like to your point, it's also, I think one has to be self-aware enough and actually 
like good with like, Hey, here's my boundaries or in like, how do I start to push those and and what do I want to push? Because, you know, I think something could look and feel great, like in theory and, Oh yeah, you know, I've got to shift my attention or I've got to build a skill, you know, but there are constraints and a lot of those are psychological and mental and emotional. And so how do we navigate through those um, are really critical. And again, I I just think like it's something to name and be self-aware about. So it continues to, to unblock what, Mm. what one wants to do. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Hey, uh, Joshua, this has been a fantastic conversation. If people want to get in touch with you or find out more about uh, Money Think, how do they yeah. do that? Super easy. Thanks for asking. It's uh, www.moneythink.org. Um, so all the information, it's got great direct links to our tool, which is called Decided. Um, so check us out online. Perfect. I'll put that yeah. in the show notes. That's great. Well, hey, Joshua, it's been really fascinating. Thank you for Thank you, Richard. opening up, talking about these really fascinating topics from... Um, from you know, ownership and 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 leadership as a craft and decision making and vulnerability um then we just that last area there of getting into yeah. what does it mean to level up i think it's been a great discussion so thank you Likewise. for your openness and uh and uh, engagement that you brought today it's been fantastic yeah i totally loved it and thanks for having me on and i really appreciate your insights and and leadership uh, approach as well so thanks so much speak soon i hope you enjoyed this conversation now let's talk about you When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.